You know, Bitcoin's really in this like no man's land now. 20,130. And I guess it's waiting for direction from the rest of the markets, which are also kind of in a no man's land. You got the NASDAQ, which is at 11,554. Uh, it was further down, but it jumped up again when the jobs numbers came out. And then a lot of people are talking about this pump and they're saying, well, this pump must be over. Um, so the question is whether we should believe them. So today I'm going to actually look at the data and that, let the data make, help us make the decisions as to whether this pump is over or not, right? So not just listen to whatever everybody's saying because all these naysayers and doomsday people are saying, this pump is over, this pump is over, this pump is over. Even Carl Dupe said there's a gigantic move incoming. Is it an up move or a down move, Carl? Uh, I think up first, then down. Everybody up first, down. then down. Up first, then down. So, okay. So this is... This is um, Cautiously and optimistic. Okay, okay. I'm also cautiously, my forehead is shining, guys. You need to turn down the lights in here. All right, let's start. Let's get the show started. What do you say? Let's, let's do this. Let's do this. Get the fuck out of bed, bitch. Go. Good evening, good evening, good afternoon, good morning, good night, wherever you are in the world. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. I wasn't sure yesterday, but there was a great alpha per minute video dropped yesterday. If you haven't watched it, go and check it out. Some of the biggest names in crypto were on that video, giving you guys pretty much breaking down the investment thesis. If you missed that, well, ah, crazy, crazy, crazy. Um, a lot of people are asking about playing the remix of the Get Up, but before that, I think what we should do, I want to play this. I think this, this is actually quite cool. Coolest thing I've seen today, actually. Did you see this, Carl? <laughs> I mean, that's fucking cool. That's fucking cool. Best thing I've seen today in this boring market. Best thing I've seen today. Um, okay, so as I promised you, we're back. Uh, what's also back is the trading competition. Uh, and I said to you, the trading competition would launch today. Guess what? We finally launched the trading competition. So this is how it works. If you go to the description of this video, so you go to description of the video, you'll see there are two links because you got there's $100,000 up for grabs now. Uh, in the next 30 days, you could win your share of $100,000. Now, here's how it works, right? You can enter uh, on Bybit or on BitKit. The difference is that BitKit is open to U.S. residents and U.S. citizens. So if you want to be trading in the United States and you don't want to trade on Bybit or because you, because you can't trade on Bybit because you're not comfortable using a VPN, whatever the answer is, then you can also trade on BitKit and both of them uh, uh, are giving away the same prize money in the trading competition. So all you need to do is to click onto one of these. You'll get into the landing page, 
register. So register now for the competition, bang, and then you will be registered. So I'm registered for that one. You can also see that I am already registered for the, Bybit, the BitGet trading competition. What you can also do is you can register twice, and then you get like two chances to win. You can, you, can, um, you can get a chance on Bybit, you can get a chance on BitGet, or you can just break up your portfolio into two, um, and you can put a little bit of money into one, a little bit of money into the other. Remember, you've got to have $250 on the exchanges to participate in the competition. Um, yeah, so you can you can have two chances to win, which is exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to have two types of strategies. I'm going to test these two types of strategies against one another, one on Bybit, one on BitGet. Obviously, all our trades will be live. Even, um, even more than that, what I've said to Kyle and Sheldon and uh, Miles uh, is that any trades that you take, and Bombay, Bombay Trillionaire, uh, any trades that they take, they've got to post live in the Discord. So if you're not part of the Discord, now is a great time to become part of the Discord. Just go to the link below here. Join our Discord group. There's another great reason to join our Discord group. And there's also a great reason to join our trading competition today as opposed to any other day. And that, that reason is as follows. If you sign up in the first batch, which starts today, we will be funding accounts. So tomorrow, I'm going to start announcing... Um, Tomorrow, I'm going to start announcing a whole lot of funded accounts, both on Bybit and on Bitget. I'm going to be funding your account with the $250 that you need to participate. But to do that, you've got to enter the trading competition on Bybit, on Bitget, and you've got to tell us in the Discord that you've entered. And I'm going to select someone at random in the Discord. I'm going to select people at random in the Discord and give them, basically, fund their accounts. That's what I'm going to be doing. Can you guys hear me? Is it just me that I, just me that I can't hear myself? Ah, okay. Just me. It's just me that I can't hear myself. So that's that. Um, make sure you do it. Make sure you do it. Let's let's get more people. Let's get more people than last time. Last time we had two thousand five hundred people on the Bybit trading competition. Right now, as as it stands, we have twenty nine people, thirty people. Let's get that over two thousand five hundred. You know, these trading competitions in the bear market are amazing because they really, 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 really teach you how to trade. And it's not like it's it's a, a big or expensive entry price. It's like you, you put in two hundred fifty dollars. You get to keep the profits. You can win yourself up to $12,500. Now, remember, the trading competition is open to anybody, but you have to sign up using a crypto banter referral link. If you have a Bybit account, or if you have a BitGet account, and it's not with a crypto banter referral link, you know what's going to happen to you. The same thing that happened to the winner, get this, the winner of the last trading competition didn't sign up using a crypto banter referral link. So now, he needs to be getting $12,500. And the guys from uh, the guys from Bybit texted me now and they said, uh, by the way, Ryan, the number one person in your previous trading competition who is eligible to win $12,000 did not sign up using your uh, crypto banter uh, affiliate link. He signed up under another affiliate. He's trying to make an appeal. He mentioned that he did click on the referral link. Uh, what he did not follow was that he, he, he did not register a new Bybit account with that link. He just used his existing account. If you use your existing account and it's not registered with Crypto Banter, the answer is, sorry, buddy, tough luck. You've got to sign up using a Crypto Banter referral link. So you have been warned. There's a lot of money up for grabs. There's, there's, there's over $100,000 up for grabs. So let's make it huge, people. Let's make it huge. All right, speaking of huge, um, welcome. If you're not subscribed to our channel, subscribe to the channel. I must tell you guys, for the first time in a long time, we were not shadow banned for the last couple of days, which is all because of your like, your loves, your 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 comments. So keep doing it. It does get us out of what we call YouTube prison. Okay, so it does get get us out of YouTube prison. So keep doing it. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. Smash the like button. Subscribe. Let's get the show on the road, should we? Let's Good do it. Evening. Why? Why, Carl? Why are you doing that, Carl? Why? Why are you doing that? Let's finish now. All right, let's go.
Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Someone says that's cold. No, what's cold is we're funding the trading competition. So if we're funding the trading competition, we want it to be our affiliates only. I know it's cold, but I mean, that's just the way it is. All right, let's get into the markets because it's been eight minutes and you haven't got one bit of alpha yet, which means I've got to catch up on eight minutes. So where are we in the markets? Bitcoin's hovering around 20,000, kind of looking for direction um after a massive pump in in the stock market so we had a massive 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 pump in the nasdaq now the nasdaq's one percent down on the futures uh we had the same thing on the s p where the dollar index coming down almost breaking through that that parabola so all eyes now are on this dollar index to see if this dollar index breaks uh down below this parabola it's now trading at one 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 eleven point seven one two now what happened in the nasdaq on the last couple of days was i think kind of unprecedented in fact um I read this over here, which said that there have only been six times when the NASDAQ 100 was 100%, but in each time was near an important, an important turning point for the market. And you can see that every time the NASDAQ was 100% bid was before a turning point, and the turning point was always up. And it happened again now. So that, that's one of the things to, to look out for. The other thing is that the S&P was up 6%, 5.7% in the last two days. Any other times that it's done this, the other times that it's done this is March 09. August 2015, December 2018, and March 2020. And again, if you look at where those uh, those things happened, there was a huge pump afterwards. So if all of this is pointing to this huge pump continuing, why are people so skeptical? Why does nobody believe this pump? Why is everybody saying that this pump won't last? Usually when people say that a pump won't last or say that there's going to be a pump, usually the opposite happens, right? So you've got to be smart. You've got to be smart in evaluating where you get your data from. Let's look at, at some more data here. So what we saw yesterday, which was very, very, very unusual, was we saw a massive options trade on the S&P 500. In fact, it was, according to Wells Fargo, it was the biggest option trade that they'd ever seen. Okay, The trade included buying 20,000 S&P calls expiring in October with a strike price of 4,500. And another one with 14,000 contracts with a strike price of 4,300, which means that somebody is taking a massive bet that we're going to get this rally that we've been talking about into the midterm elections. So someone took the biggest bet that many people have ever seen on Wall Street that we're going to go into a massive rally. And they did this on the options market. Okay, so um, quite quite a big one. The other thing that you got to look at is that hedge funds are at record short levels. Now, what happens when the majority of the market is in a certain trade? What happens when the majority of the market is in a in a short trade? Well, that's usually a sign that you're going to get all the shorts liquidated. So it looks like that we're at a record number of short levels. Now, either all the hedge funds are right, in which case this whole thing falls into a bucket, or there's going to be a short squeeze of epic proportions. Now, if you were to place your bets one month to the day, what's the day today? Is it the seventh? Okay, so one month and one day before midterm elections. One month and one day before midterm elections, you had to place your bets as to whether this market's going to go up or down in the next month. Where do you place your bet, Mr. Carl? Up. You got to be up because because it's midterm elections. Because people are Joe Biden isn't going to let people go into the polls hungry. Uh, isn't going to let people go into the polls hungry, uh, losing money, unemployed. So keep your eyes on this midterm election rally. I did st- um, stress test that against the crypto long and short position, specifically on GMX. Right now, the ratio of long and shorts, shorts to longs, the shorts outpace the longs. Now, remember, every time that we see one side here go too extreme, it usually unbundles. So 
we'll watch the, the short position. If the short positions continue to go up, um, then we could have a th- then it, it could be in line with keeping with our thesis that this pump may actually last for a couple more days or or, or another month. And then you know the naysayers that are saying that this pump is over, well, tough luck for them. They're going to get uh, short squeezed out. Um, let's look at what is driving this market. So that's important. What is driving the market? Well, we've got the Fed speakers out in full force today. Every 10 minutes, you have a Fed speaker out. Their narrative is their narrative. Their narrative is, I mean, I could become a Fed speaker. It's, it's a very simple narrative. If you want to know whether or not you could become a Fed speaker, go home, look in the mirror, look in the mirror and say to yourself very, very slowly, we're going to do whatever it takes to stop inflation. Rates could go higher to stop inflation. If you could just do that in the mirror, you could be a Fed speaker. So... Fed speakers are out in full force, saying exactly the same things. The inflation fight is still in its early days. They're going to do whatever it takes to, to, to fight inflation. We are committed to lowering inflation and will not change course until we are completely finished. Okay, so again, say, same narrative. As they've been out like that, as they've been out like that, the probabilities of a 75 basis point rate hike has gone. It was about 50-50, you, you guys will remember. It's now 71%. Um, saying a 75 basis point rate hike and 50 and 28.6 percent saying a 50 basis point rate hike when the Fed meet. And remember, the Fed meet on the second, on the third of November, second of November, five days before the midterms. My suspicion is that we're getting a 50 basis point rate hike. I said that yesterday. Um, Vinny Lingham agrees with me, he was on Twitter, he agreed with me. Ted Talks Macro doesn't agree, he says, Nope, they're going to be as aggressive as possible. I don't think they're going to be as aggressive as possible. Uh, but the market saying that Ted, the market siding with Ted talks macro. Let's let's wait and see. But ultimately, the narrative that is fueling this market is no longer this inflation narrative because there's a much bigger thing at play now. There's a much 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 bigger thing at play now than inflation. The bigger thing at play is the strength of the dollar and what the the strength of the dollar is doing to all the emerging market currencies, and not even emerging market currencies, first world currencies as well. Because as I mentioned to you before, it's causing what everyone's talking about now. And we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks, which is a sovereign debt crisis, which means that countries will not be able to pay the US dollar, the US dollar debt, which means that they will go into default. And when countries go into default of their debt, that's not a good thing. It usually collapses their own currencies and collapses their own economies. And that's right now a much bigger concern. So the Fed speakers can go out and talk about inflation as much as they want. But the market's kind of seeing right through them. And they're saying, hold on, we know this, but, 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 there's a much bigger thing here. And that's just the sovereign debt crisis, the, so- the sovereign debt crisis that everyone's talking, everyone's starting to talk about. And so now what you're seeing is that, remember I said to you that I thought the dollar narrative had also topped a few days ago. Well, the dollar-related searches are now at, 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 an at an all-time high. Dollar-related articles are at an all-time high. So again, we, I think we caught that narrative right on the top. We caught that narrative right on the top. And I said to you, it's now... It went from inflation to Dixie dollar strength. And now I think it's gone from dollar strength to this sovereign debt crisis and the U.S. having to slow down because if not, it's going to cause a much bigger recession worldwide. Um, and it's going to cause these third world countries to, to, to start collapsing. The other two narratives are kind of related to each other. And we've got to watch these narratives because they're going to be driving the market specifically for the next two to three weeks. And that, those narratives are firstly earnings. So remember, we're now in Q4. Q3 finished on in, at the end of September, and companies are going to start rep- reporting their Q3 earnings. Now, the important part around Q3 earnings is, given 
the market's going down, given interest rates going up, given prices going up, because gas prices may have gone up, is this starting to impact company earnings? And remember I said to you that I think what's going to happen is we're going to get the, the companies that are that where their earnings are driven by advertising or by marketing. So companies like, like Meta and Google, where, they, where, they, where their uh, earnings are driven by marketing. I think they would have started feeling the pinch because remember the marketing department, the marketing budget is the first budget to always get cut in a company. Um, and so the next thing we need to look out for is we need to look out for earnings. And I mean, Yuren said this, he said, feeling nervous about earnings season, that's not irrational. 71% of industry groups are seeing estimate downgrades from previous quarter. Now, remember, we don't really care what the net number is. We just care what it is relative to the estimates. So if they've downgraded their estimates already, then that's fine. But if they haven't downgraded their estimates and they come in under estimates, then we're going to have a big problem. So we've got to monitor earnings. And if we are monitoring earnings, I mean, I've got this calendar. We'll keep this calendar updated. Uh, as I said, the third week of the month is when we've got to start paying attention. So the third week of the month, you've got Facebook. Uh, I think you've got Alphabet the next day. You've got Twitter the next day. Um, the third week of the month, fourth week of the month, so from the 25th onwards, this is when we start paying attention. I think up until then, it's just a bit of a warm-up. So we've got about, uh, what, two weeks left, three weeks left before we have to really, really, really start paying attention to, to this. So earnings are the first narrative that we've got to keep our eyes open for. The next narrative we've got to keep our eyes open for is related to earnings, and that is jobs numbers. So we had the markets down today, or the markets down today, and they bounced. And the reason why the markets bounced is because we got jo U.S. jobless claims, and the jobless claims went up 29,000. So it means that there are 29,000 more people that are unemployed in the United States, which is bad news if you're looking to make sure that everyone's employed, but good news for us. And the reason why that's good news for markets is because the last thing that the Fed has actually been standing on is the fact that the economy is strong because everybody has a job. That's what Powell's been standing on. If you, if you listen to Powell's speeches every single time, what does he say every single time? He says, the economy is strong, jobs are, everyone has jobs, uh, there's, no, there's not many job spaces or vacancies in the job market. Well, it's now starting to cool off. It's the first time we're getting some kind of movement in the job market. So we've got 29,000 more unemployed people. We have um, last four months drop in job openings since the beginning of lockdowns. So look at this. This is the, the job openings. Really, um, this is how the, the new job openings. So again, we are seeing some movement in the job numbers. Layoffs have also started to pick up. So it's not only that there's more jobs, but people are actually starting to lay people off. So very soon you're going to have a lot of unemployed people and um, that's exactly what we want because we want unemployment to go up and that way the Fed will start uh, uh, loosening or, or, or stop tightening uh, or stop being so confident to tighten. So I know it's like, it's like weird because bad news is good news. Like people are unemployed and we're celebrating. Hey, yeah, people are unemployed. Why? Because that, that means that the Fed will slow down. But that's not cool because it does mean that there's going to be an unemployed person for every, um, for every one of these job openings that there is an unemployed person. Uh, tomorrow, we've got non-farm payrolls uh, coming out in the U.S. So tomorrow, we'll be covering that with you guys. Also got a huge banter. It's tomorrow, right? Is there a banter? Tyler, do we still do that? Or we stop doing that? Okay, so there's a massive banter tomorrow. Tomorrow, we have Raul Paul, Mark Yusko, and I think Joey Krug from Pantera. Hold on, let's ask Fred. Is he on? Fred. 
Fred. Yeah, buddy. What's up? Sorry, missed you there. Remember, we used to make the banter Friday uh, thumbnails on a Thursday. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. The good days. The good what, days. What day is it today? It's Wednesday. Uh, okay. Who's on banter tomorrow? Because I don't tomorrow know. Tomorrow is tomorrow's a big one. We've got um, Joey Krug, so Pantera's second in charge. Big one. We've yeah. got Ralph Paul. Yeah. Huge, huge. He's got lots to say. And we've got Mark Yusko. Amazing. Great. Boom. So it'd be so nice if we could just get the thumbnails on the Thursday. It'd be amazing. Um, <laughs> okay, let's see. What else is there? Oh, oh, oh. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about this. So um, Elon Musk, is he actually going to end up buying Twitter or not? Because it seems like after this whole rigmarole, that he is going to land up buying Twitter and he's going to be land up buying Twitter at 54.20 per share, which is the original valuation. And it seems like what happened was he wanted to back out of the deal to try and get a better price. So he, he wanted to say, okay, well, you know, reduce the numbers. Uh, there was, there's too many spam bots, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and he wanted to get Twitter at a reduced price. But it feels like, it feels like uh, what's happening in the court case is that he's, he, he's realizing that it's going to lose that he's going to lose the court case. And it's now he's now coming back to doing the original deal at, at, at the original number, which is $44 billion. The only difference is that this time, a lot of the funders that were backing Elon Musk um, ha have bailed. They're not there anymore. So remember, when he first proposed the Twitter deal, the market wasn't so bad. And so a lot of people committed money to him to help him fund this deal. And now that the market's turned and there's a whole lot more inflation issues and macroeconomic issues, a lot of the funders that, that were going to back him in the first place have actually backed out. They're gone. They're gone. And, but, it does feel, but it does seem like he's going to do the deal. But that's not the whole story. There's a much bigger story around Twitter. And the backstory of how this bit came together and who's involved and how they got involved is amazing. And the deals that were being done in the back end. So I'll show you one example of, of, of something that happened in the back end. So listen to this. And this is, I mean, this is the backstory. Um, very close sources. That is because Twitter came back and said, hey, we'll actually knock a couple of billion dollars off the price mm -hmm. if you commit to two things. Number one, not let the Trump and the conservatives back on Twitter that we've already banned, right? Number two, if you may, if you allow the management team to stay. And my understanding is that Elon Musk was not prepared to do either one and said, no, the deal's a deal. If Elon Musk does ever take over Twitter, I think it, it's interesting to, to point out now, we'll watch how quickly Twitter abandons uh, their whole movement. The whole private companies can do whatever they want. Uh, I'm, I'm sure we'll, yes. we'll see that abandon. So that was one of the, that was one of the, the, the elements uh, that, that happened. The other one is you should probably, in fact, what we'll do is don't go and read these court documents. We'll actually do a show over the weekend. We will go through all these court documents. These court documents are a list of the communication between Elon and anyone else to do with his Twitter acquisitions. And it really shows how Elon got to where he got to, how they did the deal. It also shows discussions between him and Jack Dorsey. And I'll give you like just a little taste of, of some of the discussions. So um, yeah, let's look here. Let's look, let's start over here. Um, I just scrolled to the end. Yeah. Okay, um, so Jack Dorsey says to Elon, he says, okay, he says, um, he says, what should Twitter look like? He says, I believe it must be an open source protocol 
funded by a foundation of source that doesn't own the protocol, only advances it, a bit like Signal has done. It, can have, um, it can't have an advertising model. Otherwise, you have a surface area that governments and advertisers will try to influence and control. If it, if it has a, a centralized entity behind it, it will be attacked. This isn't complicated work. And he goes on to say that this should be a blockchain type protocol. So this is, they both agree, Jack Dorsey and Elon Musk actually agree that it should be a blockchain type protocol. And at some point, Elon Musk says that Doge should be the currency of, 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 uh, of, of, of uh, Twitter. Not only that, so that's the first part of it. The next part of it is a discussion with Larry Ellison where he says to Larry Ellison, he says to, to, he says to, to Larry, uh, and remember, Larry Ellison is, I think, one of the founders of Oracle. He's also um, on the board of Tesla and one of Elon Musk's long-term investors. And he says to Larry Ellison, he says, hey, do you want to come in with me on this deal? And Larry Ellison says, sure. And he says, well, how much money should I put in? He says, Larry Ellison says, okay, well, let me put in a billion for fun. And Elon says, yeah, you can put in a billion, maybe two billion. Um, I mean, and that's how this deal came together. And then there's like a third part of, it, of these court papers where he talks a lot. To, well, there's a the third part where he talks to Parag, um, where he basically knocks Parag out of the water. He destroys Parag and, his, and Parag's whole woke culture thing. He's like, I'm not going to stand for any of this shit. And then the other interesting part, which I found is Calacanis, the Jason Calacanis from the All In podcast. Um, him and, and, uh, and Elon have a whole long discussion here about making Jason Calacanis potentially the, uh, the CEO of Twitter. And he says that's like his dream job. And he tells, he tells Elon Musk that Elon Musk has his sword. Now, it's 40 pages of documents. I think over the weekend what we'll do is we'll compile it. We'll give some background into all the, all the, um, uh, all the, all the role players, all the players in this thing, and then make a decision uh, and, and then just run through it. It's epic. It's epic, 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 epic. The, it's, it's better than most movies I've, that, that, that I've watched, to be honest. Right, let's let's look at the markets. Let's look at the markets, and then I've got a surprise guest for us coming up in a second. Also, ask him whether this pump is over and whether it's time to start buying. But before that, let's just quickly look at a, a little bit, a couple more news items. I think uh, one of them is this inverse Jim Cramer ETF. So this is a serious thing. They've actually launched a inverse Jim Cramer ETF, which is I think you'll make a lot of money if you invest in it. Problem is with Jim Cramer. Is that he he flip flops so like mad money charts suggest it's way too early to expect the stock market to rebound jim kramer september 30th and then october 4th five days later charts suggest market will bottom in the next coming weeks followed by a powerful rally so like this guy flip flops a lot you know you you know who will make a lot more money than a than a jim uh, inverse jim kramer etf an inverse al capo etf bro have you seen how bad his calls are have you been watching El Capo's calls? Fat, I wanted to post something. You guys told me not to post. Fat Man Terra posted exactly what I wanted to post, where I laid out all his calls onto one thing. I was like, if you follow this guy, you're wrecked. You actually don't exist in the market anymore. You're not even here anymore. You're, you're not part of the market anymore. You're out. A um, couple, couple of other things. No, Doquan's not coming on today. Um, remember I told you I was upset with Gary Gensler because it felt like he was on a campaign with this Kim Kardashian settlement. I'm not the only one who said that. A lot of SEC staffers are complaining that Gary Gensler violated protocol by hyping Kim Kardashian settlement, appearing on CNBC within minutes. They're saying that he arranged for that. He's saying he designed this, designed to, bur to burnish his, his rep to be named 
Treasury Secretary. They also say Gary Gensler stealthily approached CNBC for his appearance and created a video on the settlement, an unusual move for chairs who usually allow staff to take credit for their actions. So a lot of shit going on inside the SEC uh, around Gary Gensler. Um, a few other things. Uh, Decentraland has a market cap of 1.2 billion, has 30 daily active users. Can you believe that? 30 daily active users. Be careful. You got to be careful now because you got to, before you buy something, you really got to go and check the fundamentals. You got to see whether people are actually using these applications. You have to, otherwise you're going to land up with, you're going to land up with buying. What I think is Decentraland is a great metaverse V1, but metaverse V1 is not going to be the metaverse. And I think, to be honest, I think eventually this thing goes to close to zero. I wouldn't touch it. Wouldn't touch with a 10 foot barge pole. Um, the other thing which we, we have spoken about is this GBTC discount. Now it's 36.2%. I think this is the best trade on the market. If you're looking to buy Bitcoin, for me, buying GBTC is a much better trade than buying Bitcoin because you're getting those Bitcoin at 36.2% off. Someone posted, said GBTC would have to remain close, closed-ended until January 2045 to justify the current discounts. Well, if Gary Gensler is still around in January 2045, then it's going to be, it's actually going to be justified because Gary Gensler is not going to prove a Bitcoin ETF. No ways, no ways, no ways. Um, South Korea orders Do Kwan to return his passport within 14 days. If not received, it will automatically be cancelled. So, I don't know. Is this guy running away from the law? Is he not running away from the law? I don't know. He's sitting on Twitter and he's tweeting. He's tweeting. He tweeted that he's not, that the Bitcoin has, that all these accusations that he withdrew $67 million are not true. LFG also tweeted that. Who knows? This guy just carries on like business as usual. There's a red notice out for him, maybe, apparently. There is, there is, there's these accusations. He, and now the, the Korean government wants, it, wants him to give back his passport. Crazy. And then again, I think we spoke about Alex Mashinsky cashing out, him and three execs cashing out 56 million before they decided to freeze funds and do the bankruptcy. Crazy. Anyway. All right. Lastly, I do want to bring a friend of mine on who I respect very, very, very much. He has amazing, amazing analysis. Uh, I do want to bring him on now. Uh, and I want to ask him what he thinks about this tip and whether he'd be buying. Now, he's a lot more conservative than I am. So it's going to be pretty interesting to see whether or not he's buying this tip. CTO Larson, how are you, my friend? I'm fantastic. Greetings from Sweden. Great to be here. Have you moved offices or are you still in the office with the, uh, with the noise? <clears throat> I've gotten the key to the new office, but I haven't moved in there yet. So hopefully the world is not falling down behind me today. Amazing. Well, listen. Tomorrow um, is okay because then I moved. Oh, okay, amazing. Listen, a lot of people don't trust this pump. A lot of people are saying this pump is over. A lot of people are saying it's lost momentum and we're going back and we're going down to all-time lows. And mm. a lot of people are saying, be careful if you're going to be buying. This is not a time to be buying. What's your view? Is it time to be buying it? Or... And I know you're very yeah, analytical. So I, I know you're very analytical. So <clears throat> Exactly. I'm an engineer. I'm a mathematician. I'm a technology guy. So I really approach, from the beginning, I approached the markets from an engineering perspective, really. And uh, it's very clear that it's hard to predict the future. It's hard to predict what will the market be tomorrow, but some things we can say with certainty. We can say how technology will behave. We can say how markets will behave because they will keep behaving the same. They've behaved the same for 100 years. They will keep behaving the same probably for another 100 years because it boils down to people at the end. It boils down to people's behaviors and how do they behave. And 
one thing that tends to stick, especially with technology, is trends. Once a trend is established, it tends to stick for a pretty long time. But in these trends, there are rallies in the, in the other direction. And that's not going to change. That we can say with certainty. That's not going to go away. And especially in assets that uh, are based on some technology that we're fairly sure are going to make it in the end. This is very, very interesting. So I don't know. Can I share my screen here? Yeah, just hit the share screen button. I'll, I'll, I'll share your screen here. So let's share this one. <clears throat> there we go. Okay, let's go. Let's have a look at your chart. Oh, I love it. I love it. Love so it, love it. here is uh, Bitcoin since uh, yeah, end of last year until now. And it looks like it's a straight line down. It has almost been a straight line down. There hasn't really been any big turnaround from here. But at one point, there will be a rally because there always are rallies. And I tend to agree with you. I think that there are good chances that a rally could be happening now. So I am very excited. I am, I am, I'm pumped. I'm very excited. And I'm looking for something very specific. And that is two things, basically. I want to see two things. And if those happen, I'm going to buy back and I'm going to buy back big. The first thing is a chart construction. And as everyone can see here, this support line here at 18,600, it has been protected and it has been held. It has held, it's been protected an insane number of times. It was protected here on 18th of June, one time, twice, three times, four times, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, something like 12 to 13 different days. The same level has been protected. So someone or a group of large buyers have been buying here at this level. And that's the first thing we want to see. There has to be a bottom that is protected. And that we have now in the chart. And if that holds, if that bottom holds, there is a chance for a bounce and a real rally uh, starting. So that's the first criteria. So that's then, done. Just to be clear, that criteria has been ticked because yes. we've, we've tested at 18.6 multiple times, nine times, as you said, and we've held every single time. Exactly. With big, with big volume. With big volume, exactly. So, so this, this has held. That one we have now. Right now, in this moment, that criteria is met. Second okay. thing I want to see, I want to see a classical charting construction. People who say that, oh, I don't believe in technical analysis, they have just not understood that technical analysis is just a way to uncover what big players actually do. They will say one thing on social media, uh, and then they will go and do something else, usually the opposite. You try to manipulate the market in the opposite direction of what you, you're you know, doing yourself. If you want to buy, you're trying to talk down the price. If you want to sell, you try to talk it up. While it's much harder to hide what you're doing in the chart. And if you can get the classical charting pattern, uh, that is the second criteria. And what we have now here is the beginning of a head and shoulders. Here's the left shoulder. Here's the head. Here's the right shoulder. And 
if that would have broken down here, if the support level, the neckline would have broken down, it would have confirmed. It would have been bad. A bad thing than uh, if you want the price to go up. So but it, it has Exactly. And when, if price instead breaks above the highest point of the right shoulder, which is here at 22,600, if price goes above that, then the head and shoulder pattern is invalidated. And that's an even stronger signal in the other direction than the head and shoulder uh, is an indication uh, in the first place. So if price goes up here at 22,600 and holds here, doesn't reject back down immediately, if we, if we close somewhere here, then we have a second confirmation. Then we have a classical charting pattern that is supporting further upside. So that's the second thing I want to see. And then the third thing I want to see, I want to see the trend reverse. Because as you can see here, in Bitcoin, many times the trends stick for quite long time. And you just, you know, can look at the color here. So we've had like been in this downtrend. But then if we get the trend reversal, that tends to continue much longer than people think. Now people think that, ah, maybe we, you know, Maybe we can pump to 24,000 or something. But I don't think so. I think if this holds, uh, we get the, a confirmation of a classical charting pattern. We get the trend reversal up. I think this, this pump can go much further. And then okay, we have to take steps from there. Is this the Is end it? of the bear market? Probably not. I, I would guess not. There could be more downside coming later. But that doesn't mean that we can have huge pumps on the upside and those can be very profitable if we can take action on them when most people are bearish and they feel that, you know, uh, it's going to go down anyway. So why would I buy that and so on? While if we get a pump, if we get this pump, OK, so let's say we get this pump, we go over 22,600, 22,800, we close there. Where would you where would your target be on this pump? So let's say we've we invalidate the head and shoulders. We've 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 held the 186. Uh, 18,600 price level, where would your, your price target be? It's a very interesting question. So what I would do then in that situation here is that I will not set the target because probably it Sorry, will go work. further than I think and uh, we all think, you know. So I would let it run. If we manage to, now I'm in here, you know, so if I manage to, to hold this, we break up here. I'm not gonna sell too early because it might go much further than seems reasonable considering the tough economic climate and everything. Uh, and I mean, there's an element of manipulation in this market. There could be a lot of incentive for large players to really drive up the price. Uh, miners are mining a lot now. What's their idea? Do they have a strategy? Maybe there's a plan here going on. So I will not set a target. If, trend, if the trend turns up, I'm going to hold that as long as the trend is up. And then not, not you know, set any limits. And if trend then turns back down again, I'm going to cut it. And uh, hopefully so then you're going to go at, you, at the good uh, profit. You're going to go with a stop loss. You're going to go with a ride the trend, put your stop loss, let your stop loss trail your thing. Um, exactly. Quickly, before, yeah. I, before I let you go, before I let you go, for your long-term bets, when I say your long-term bets, you know, like, and I get the trading part of it, that's cool, but there's also stuff that you must be holding because you, 
truly believe in the technology, right? Like, oh, absolutely. So that's the second part. I really want to be clear here that I'm separating. I like the market speculation part of it. I think it's fun and it can be profitable. But I also have another side, which is really the long-term technology belief. I mean, as you know, we talked many times. I was early on computers. I was very early on the internet. I was part yes. of creating the telecom revolution. Now it's like we have 8 billion subscriptions on that. That's basically everybody. And so, and I've never been so sh- certain that I am this time, that blockchain, uh, crypto, this whole revolution that's happening now is going to have as big society impact as any of those three technologies did. And the value here is obvious to all of us. It's obvious to Elon Musk. You talked about that, you know, when he's chatting with uh, Jack Dorsey, they talked about, you know, it should probably in the end be some sort of blockchain protocol. The technology visionaries of the world, we all see this. It's obvious. So are you and buying stuff for your long-term portfolio now? I hold some long-term because I don't want to wake up a day and not have any Bitcoin. I would feel, you know, bad. So when would you expect to have it? But I, I, I have identified that there is an opportunity to maneuver in this market because the swings are so big, both up and down. And if, you know, catching the mid trend, uh, you can move. I mean, so far you've been able to move in and out uh, with uh, and get, accumulate more uh, by doing so. But you, you I have it. You trade like Kyle from office. You you trade like Kyle who's here at office. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But I want to be clear. Please, no one confuse that with lack of belief or something. It's like I separate completely the market speculation from the technology belief. There is no trace of doubt in my mind that uh, this industry will change everything and that all the skeptics today tomorrow they will have forgotten that they were ever skeptical and it's going to be the same way that people were skeptical about the internet they were skeptical about uh, you know mobile phones and 5g and they were skeptical about yeah computer and so people don't like change and then later when they're using it every day they no longer remember that they were skeptical it's going to be the same this time 100 percent. there is not i mean how can someone not believe that global money on the internet is useful or a protocol that is like a global ledger that you can't fake, can't cheat and and it's low cost and can be used by everybody. How can people not think that that's useful? That, yeah, that's beyond. I'm going to get you back here when you you tell me that you're loading up because all your criteria have been reached. Ping me and let's get you back on you. Absolutely. Let's do it. Cool, my friend. Nice to see you again. He really is one of the best guys in the space. Guys, go and follow his channel. There's a link underneath. Just go and follow his channel. I watch his stuff religiously. His stuff is amazing. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Uh, okay, listen, guys. I got to go to crypto school. Remember, go and sign up for the trading competition. Tomorrow, I will be funding 10 accounts for Bybit and 10 accounts for BitKit. All you need to do is sign up using our referral link. Click on these links. Register for both. Two chances to win. And now, US residents can compete. I will see you guys again tomorrow. Until then, trade well, my friends.